How you guys doing this morning? All right. Very obvious I'm not Chip. Um, not nearly as ugly as he is. Um, thank you. Um, so the past few weeks, we've been going through a series called Family Portrait. You guys enjoyed that? Wow. Okay. All right. No one's enjoyed it. That's awesome. I'll let Chip know. Um, we've been going through what it means to have a Christ-like family, to have a family portrait that in the middle portrays Christ. That's what it's all been about, right? Good. We got one right out of it. That's awesome. Kind of give a different perspective. I'm going to be going through um, a kind of a different sermon this morning. I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap it all up and tie it up into a cute little bow for you guys, okay? I'm going to start by talking to you guys as children, as the sons and the daughters that you guys are. And then I'm going to talk to you guys as adults with sons and daughters. And I'm going to give you guys some, some take-home, uh, some things to take home with you guys today. But I, I want to start out by reading Ephesians 4, one, uh, 6, 1 through 4. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6. Starting in verse 1 through 4. Give you guys just a second to get there. By the way, I am not Chip. I am not nearly as pretty as as Chip. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I do have hair. That That is a plus. I don't think the McDonald's thing worked for him, did it? Bless him. Starting in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I heard an awesome story one time. Um, This girl got herself engaged, brought her fiancé home to her parents. He got home, he was going to stay there for the weekend, really get to know the family. Um, After dinner, the wife says to her husband, says, you go take that boy somewhere and you go find out who he is. So he's like, all right. So they went to the study, hung out for a little bit. And he asked him, what do you do, son? He said, well, I'm a a studier of the Bible. I I delve deep and, and and I figure out I'm a biblicist. We'll say it like that. So that's, that's admirable. That's very admirable. But what are you going to do for my, for my daughter? How are you going to provide for her? How are you going to give her the amenities that she's been used to? He said, well, sir, I'm going to study the scriptures, and I'm going to trust that God will provide. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer. He said, well, how are you going to buy her an expensive engagement ring? How are you going to provide for her? He said, I'm going to study the scriptures and trust that God will provide. He kept asking these questions over and over in different ways, and it was always the same answer. God will provide, God will provide, God will provide. Later, the wife asked her husband, well, how did it go? He said, well, guy's got no job, no plan, but there's good news. He thinks I'm God. Having kids, raising kids can be a task. And this, this entire sermon was very, uh, it was a very difficult one for myself uh, because I don't have a clue what you guys are going, going through as parents. Um, all I know is what I was like as a child. Um, 
y'all, y'all, my parents are here. They're right here. I, 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 can I, I just want to give them a round of applause. Let me just, can I just, I, I have no idea how I'm alive right now. Can I be real with you guys? I got a story, and uh, it might get me in trouble, but it's okay. Um, it was, that was my entire childhood. So when I was a youngster, I was sixth, seventh grade, I think. Um, one of the things about being a pastor's son, and uh, Paul, I think he might be in the room, he understands. Scott, you understand. Being a pastor's son, there are certain things that you hear that other people in the church may not get to hear living in the home of a pastor, okay? There are certain things that you know, okay? So I was able to, uh, to overhear a conversation that I should not have been listening to, uh, but between my father and my mother, and they were talking about how uh, when I was, I was, we were living in Illinois at this time, um, there was a youth pastor that was just not working out, okay? So he was going to have to be let go. And it, it broke it broke my dad to do that, um, but I overheard this conversation spilling off. And so that next Sunday, he made me so angry, that youth pastor just ticked me off. And that was probably something dumb that I did, but I looked at him and said, my daddy's going to fire you. <laughs> and me, in my sixth, seventh grade mind, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I got you. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that one at all. I, uh. I did not think about the ramifications of my actions at that point until I got home and found out that those ramifications are a big deal. Okay? He said, Justin, what did you do? And I looked at him square in the eye and said, I didn't do it. I was lying out my buck teeth so bad. He, he took me back to the church. And I was, blame, I was blaming my best friends. at the, I was, I was, I was going to throw anyone under the bus it took to get me out of trouble. I was so dumb. Okay, He took me back to the church, and he brought my best friends into his office, and he started questioning them. And they were like, well, he did it. I didn't do it. And so like everything pointed back to me, and he looks at me, and with tears in my eyes, I am still playing. I'm a drama king, okay? I was playing this up so bad. I looked at him and said, I've been set up. I've been framed. Are you kidding me? Man, he tore me up, I'll tell you that, and I deserved every bit of that. But the point of what I'm trying to say is I can't believe I'm still alive from some of the things that I did. So I can't even begin to understand what you parents go through. So this isn't me this morning trying to tell you how to parent. This is me trying to explain this specific passage. And some of it might come across harshly. But that's what the the scriptures tend to do. They overlay everything with grace, but they tend to hit us right where we need it. So I want to start by talking to you guys as sons and daughters of your parents. Okay, I want to start in uh, Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, I want to go ahead, if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and flip over to Deuteronomy 6. I, I I love that section where it says this is the first commandment with promise because 
that first commandment with promise tells us something that we got to go back to the Old Testament. So let's look at Deuteronomy 6.1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Here we go. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord as, as your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commandments that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. This goes all the way back to Exodus when the Ten Commandments were created. Does anyone know what the Fifth Commandment is? It's like straight Sunday school now, okay? The Fifth Commandment is honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with promise. All the way back in Exodus, the very second book in the Bible, this is the first commandment with promise that God gives. And this isn't like some big you know, mystical promise like, oh, I don't understand. No, this is a very practical promise. It goes like this. So you may live long on the earth. It may go well with you. Have you ever backtalked to your mom and daddy? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. You don't have your hands raised, you lying. Okay, let me ask you something. Did it go well for you? Anybody? Did it go well? Did you ever get that stank eye from your dad? He's like, boy. I mean, is anyone, anyone, did it go well for you? No, it didn't go well for you because disobedience does not go well. This command with promise is very obvious. It's not a hard one to understand. Children don't have the same knowledge that their parents do. They don't have the same experience. They don't have the same maturity. Good Lord, I know I didn't. But we have wills. The children have very strong, strong wills. And that will has got to be broken. It's got to be broken by the word of God, though. You obey your parents. Because your parents know more than you. Can I say that? Did I hurt any feelings today? Yes? Good. Okay. Obey your parents in the Lord. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. So, this is the first commandment with promise so that it may go well with you. If you do not obey, there's a good chance you won't live long. Okay, that's just, I mean, child, I remember my, my little sister, I heard stories about her. I don't remember this actually happening. My mom used to always make, make fun of her because I remember one time she was in the house doing something and the door was unlocked and my older sister, she had been like, what, two or three years old? She ran right out that door, running down, trying to get, ran right into the road. I mean, if mama didn't stop her, there's a good chance I'd have a flat sister. Okay? That's, that's the obedience, and it might live long. You might live long on the earth. It might go well for you. That's very practical. Now, I want to jump to you parents. Verse 4 of Ephesians 6. Verse 4 of Ephesians 6. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, I'll be honest, I like the NIV when it, when it, in a lot of different areas, but I don't like the word exasperate. Here's why. I don't think it's a very good, what's the word? It's not a very good meaning to what this passage is actually saying. The word exasperate means to bring to anger, to bring to wrath, to, to annoy, to greatly um, enrage, Okay? And that's true, but you need to think about it. You're going to be mad at your parents. Your parents are going to be mad at you. Exasperation happens. Here's the part that I really 
like, and, and there are very, very few and far between passages in the KJV that I really enjoy, but this is one of them. It says in the KJV, do not provoke your children to wrath. It's not the wrath that is being talked about here. It's the provoking. Because it takes an immature father or an immature mother that is not looking and seeing the wisdom and the maturity of what it takes to grow a child. They are provoking their child, and that's how bad things happen. Okay? All right, I'm talking to you guys as parents for a minute. We need to slow down. We need to think about what's happening. And we need to look at the big picture when it comes to our kids. Now, I know you're saying that's easy for me to say I don't have any kids. Sure, I get that. But in just a minute, I'm going to explain to you how it does apply to me, how it does apply to those out here that don't have kids. Be careful how you speak to your child. The next part of that verse says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Let's jump back to Deuteronomy 6. I'm sorry to keep jumping back on you. Deuteronomy 6, I'm going to start, yeah, right here. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Here's my favorite part. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is what it all boils down to. This whole sermon, this whole message series boils down to one word, and that is obedience. Obedience to what, though? I think it's interesting that at the very first verse of chapter 6, it says, children, obey your parents, what? In the Lord. Last part of verse 4 says, bring them up into the training and instruction, what? Of the Lord. There's a lot of in the, of the Lord happening here, and uh, that's not a coincidence. Let me boil it down for you, it's really easy. When you treat God with total subjugation and submission, your ways become his ways. Your thoughts become his thoughts. You submit to God. Your kids see your total submission, and they submit to you the same way you submit to God. What you want your children to be when they're older, you have to start training them now. They're not going to learn it from church. They're not going to learn it from school. They're not going to learn it from their friends' parents. They're going to learn it from you because they're in your house. They're not in my house. They're in yours. It is so important for us to teach our kids what the Bible says. we got to go all the way back to the Great Commission. All right? 
The Great Commission says, go into all the world, teach the gospel, training them, baptizing them, making disciples of them so that they can make disciples of others, okay? And here's where I'm going with this. All of you who don't have kids, raise your hand if you don't have kids. Thank you, David. I'm really glad you don't have kids. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are excited about that too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Praise Jesus. You do not have to have a biological child to parent. Let me say that again. You do not need to have a child biologically to bring a child up in the nurture and admonition of Jesus Christ. There are millions of children across this country that need discipleship. And we're not just talking about babies. We're not just talking about teenagers. We're talking about adults as well. Because we're talking spiritual children. Even Paul himself had a spiritual child. Anyone know his name? Timothy. He had two books of the Bible written after him. First Timothy, second Timothy. Really easy to remember. I challenge you guys to read that. Because literally in the second verse of the first chapter of 1 Timothy, he says, my spiritual son in the faith. Woo. I would really like to be considered a spiritual son by Paul. That'd be kind of cool. I'm just saying. You guys with me there? You do not need a physical, or no, you do not need a biological child to disciple. Discipleship happens anywhere. This verse that says training them up in the Lord. Training them and teaching them the things of the Lord. That can happen anywhere. I mentor a few different students in a few different schools. On Mondays I have a kid at, um, at Bear Creek. On Wednesdays I mentor a student at Russell. Uh, on Fridays, I mentor a student at uh, Heyman Morris. Um, there's a student from Yargo that I mentor. This isn't, this isn't to look good on me. This is me saying, I don't have kids. I want them. I often joke with a lot of people. And they're like, do you have kids? Of course. I got like 100 of them back there. I love them. I love every single one of them. I treat them as my own children because I can pour into them. God has given me knowledge. God has given me experience. God has given me love to pour into these children. So let me ask you, are any of you not? And I'm not asking that question because I want you to serve in Kids Cove, although that would be great. I'm asking you that question because you can do more. You can do more. Let me give you guys a few things to take home. So wrap it all into a pretty little bow. Obedience leads to right relationships. If you guys are taking notes, this is a good thing to take. All right, Obedience leads to right relationships. These right relationships blossom and they lead to maturity. Maturity leads to wisdom. Wisdom leads to training. And training leads to producing and reproducing. Now I'm going to explain why I said producing and reproducing in just a minute. 
But disobedience, disobedience due to immaturity leads to spiritual death. And I want to emphasize that for just a minute. I, I want to tell you guys, if any of you guys are in here that have been running from God, that have been running from your biological parents or your heavenly father, or maybe you don't know Jesus at all, every life at all stages at any time is redeemable. Can I say that one more time? All life is redeemable. That is so important. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. I feel like I'm singing a Backstreet Boys song right now. It doesn't matter what you've done. Nothing is too deep for God to delve down and dig you out of. That blew my mind. There have been so many things I've done in my life. I don't deserve I don't deserve the love of Jesus. I don't deserve what I've been given. But you know what? God sent his son to die on a cross that I deserved so that anything I've ever done can be forgiven. There is nowhere I can run where Jesus isn't right behind me. But you guys remember that. We go back to the last, uh, the second to the last point that I made. Training leads to producing and reproducing. The point of discipleship, I'm going to say this real quick and then I'm going to pray and let you guys go. The point of discipleship is to train others who train others who train others who train others and so on and so forth. Because I don't, I don't get how we could possibly be a church, how we could possibly be an organized religion that believes that this is it, that believes you come to church on Sunday, and that's it. You leave your offering here, and that's it. Christian faith would have never lasted this long if people ever thought that that's what it was. How it started with 12, and with a matter of days turned to 500, and to the millions and millions and millions of Christians we have today. Okay? It's all about discipleship. So I'm going to ask you one thing. I'm going to pray over you guys this morning. Who, if not your children, and by the way, you don't have to stop with your children. You can, you can mentor other people. You can disciple other people while you have kids too. Who are you discipling today? And if you don't understand what discipleship is yourself, who are you connecting with to teach you? Who are you allowing to father or mother you in the faith? And who are you fathering or mothering today? If you're not anybody, I challenge you. I challenge you to pray about it. I challenge you to say, God, bring me someone to mentor. Bring me someone to disciple because life is so much more than River Hills Church on Sunday morning. Life is so much more than the basket that gets passed on Sunday morning. Life is so much more than the small group that you attend. If you're not living that out in the community, that's disobedient. And disobedience due to immaturity 
leads to spiritual what? Death. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the privilege to worship you this morning. God, I pray that, that you would just permeate my life with this message. That I need to obey you. I need to lead others to obey you. And God, I just, I need you. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the privilege to be here this morning. God, I pray that as we sing this last song, that we would really think about those words. Who are we discipling? I pray that you would impress it on our hearts. That you would bind it on our hands. That you would put it on our foreheads. That it would be symbols that we put on our doorpost. That we would think of nothing else than ways to disciple. Because you are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be adored. You are worthy to have your word spread and your disciples made. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are.